Welcome back, everyone, to the Catch the Blitz show here on this beautiful Tuesday morning. It's always beautiful when your Cowboys win on a Monday night. Two in a row, especially. That's it. Yes, sir. uh, What is this? Episode four now. It's week three, so I believe we're at episode four. Four. I can't believe we're already like almost a quarter way through the NFL season. The first three weeks have been so, so enjoyable that they've just kind of... They've just kind of flown by, but uh, I'm Thomas Parkernick, as always, joined by Christian Karachi. Cat, what's going on, man? I'm I, I wore this special. Uh, oh, I didn't even notice that. I was special for, shirt for for those of you guys watching um, the video version of this uh, podcast. You could see, you know, the, the triplets, the famous triplets. I, I thought about maybe remaking the shirt instead of instead of Aikman here. I, I would have put Cooper Rush. You know, I, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to crown. Cooper Rush is the best backup in the NFL. I was going to say, you see the starter now. I was going to ask you. No, not the starter. But hey, hey, if now I think we can allow Dak to maybe sit a little bit more. You don't get 100% because we got the commanders coming up. As long as he's ready for, for that Rams game, even I would, hey, I, I would, if we beat the commanders next week, I'm totally fine with deploying Cooper Rush against the Rams and getting him ready so we can show the Eagles who the real, uh, owners of the, um, NFC East star, and it's crazy how my tone has changed because I was ready to uh, jump off the uh, top of the studio on after yeah. that Sunday night game uh, on week one, but it's full force. I was going to say week one, you came in and you <laughs> pretty much like you could have. I could have gone off screen; nobody would have noticed. You talked for like fifteen minutes straight about how the Cowboys are a disaster. You they said, still are a disaster. You said without Dak, they're a bottom five team in the NFL, and since they've won two in a row and. Hey, they've looked, it's, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, you guys looked so good, but it impressed me how you've won these games. Yeah. You know, like close, close football, you know, winning the turnover battle, Brett Maher making clutch kicks yeah. late in the game, like guys, you know, role players stepping up. Like you guys look like a, a complete unit and look like a team that when you add Dak Prescott, you maybe have something there. And the Eagles have been so, so, so impressive, and they've taken me by surprise. I know they've taken you by surprise. Yeah. But, like, week one, it felt like, okay, this division's over. I don't think that's the case. It's still a long, long season. It's only September. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Cowboys are going to bounce back and end up winning the division and stuff like that. But I think what's super important here is the fact that I, I do think that Mike McCarthy – Although he's gotten criticized by a lot of people, including myself, I sat on this podcast multiple times and called him one of the worst coaches in the NFL. He is definitely doing a fantastic job, just getting his guys prepared um, and and ready for games. Because at the end of the day, when your quarterback is when your quarterback is out, it's hard to stay focused as a unit, right? Because um, at least you have like a quarterback for most teams acts as sort of that leader that unites the locker room together right and and people ride off that guy and they they have something to believe in when the quarterback's in when that guy is removed it's it's really hard to get a group of grown men sort of unified and and continue on that same goal that was before the year i'm super impressed though i i i thought we were going to lose this game um just off of my the predictions i made last week i just felt like it was a little bit too much like on prime time Right, just coming off that win last, and I was fine with hypothetically speaking losing that game. But the fact that we were able to overcome quite a bit, like we had some tough penalties um, go our way. CD Lamb had a pretty 
nasty drop. It was amazing to see him bounce back in the way he did. But I uh, am definitely surprised. And it's, it gives me something to look forward to. And, and a lot of Cowboys fans out there who, who necessarily thought that their season was over right after the, that sort of brutal injury that, that Dak Prescott suffered at the end of that Sunday Night Football game back in week one that feels like it was like already months ago, right? Yeah. And, and just to go on to that point that you were saying how we're already in week uh, four, it's when, when I was doing the, the power rankings this morning, I uh, I was typing, I, I typed in week three, and then I was like, whoa, it's already week four, right? Yeah. Like, we're flying through the season, at least it feels like it, but I feel I feel confident in, in the future outlook of the Cowboys. I am definitely, you have some positives to take away from that game, a lot of negatives too, like that game obviously could have went the other way if we were playing a better quarterback, playing a better team, I think we very easily lose that game, but hey, that's... All you can ask for, like you just mentioned, is stay in football games and sort of float. And that's exactly what the Cowboys are doing. Yeah, I think the whole game plan's just got to be like, like you said, just just stay alive until Dak's back. And and once, you know, he's a guy that can elevate where Cooper Rush is just more of that game manager type, and that's fine. So play who's in front of you. If you can win 50% of your game from yeah. Cooper Rush, that's great. And you've already won two, the two that he started, and both times you were underdogs. So definitely a lot of positives to take away from the Cowboys team. You're two and one through three, which, like you said, just two weeks ago seemed like such a long shot. Oh, a long shot. Um, So we'll see. Would you say you guys got the Eagles in week six? Week six, I believe. We go Commanders, Rams, Eagles. And that's Sunday Night Football or no? Sunday Night Football. So that should be a good one if Dak is back. Yeah, which he should be. I mean, Gene Slater was talking before the game yesterday, and they were saying that he... Like, if it was a Dak decision, he'd be playing next week. But because of the fact that they've just won two games, they're not necessarily rushed to the point where he needs to come in and play in this Commanders game. Because, look, the end of the day is, like, the NFC East is pretty much a two-team battle. It's it's hard to, like, sort of cross off a couple teams this early on in the season, but... I think at full strength, the Commanders and the Giants just don't have enough to catch yeah. up with, with the Eagles and the Cowboys, right? So I feel like the Cowboys are fine, hypothetically speaking, deploying Rush another week because the team seems to be playing pretty solid and, and there's no need to rush Dak. It's not like this is a, we're fighting for a playoff. It's not, it's not week 15 right now, right? So I think you'll see Cooper Rush again. Um, on Sunday, and then the following week at the Rams is probably when you'll see Dak. Yeah, like the injury that Dak has, similar to what Russell Wilson yes. suffered a year ago, and it was kind of the same story. Russell Wilson came back. Like he, three he weeks. surprised a lot of us with how quickly he came back, and in the end, it sort of backfired. We thought, okay, he's back. He can save the Seahawks season. It didn't really end too well, and yeah. ended up sort of having the same results as they did with Geno. Now, the Seahawks roster is, is much worse than the Cowboys. Cowboys have this young and upcoming defense that I think is surprising a lot of people and yeah. looked really, really strong last night. Um, but I think that Russ maybe came back a little too soon, and I would tr- sort of try to um, and avoid that problem with Dak Prescott. Like you said, it's still early. You can win with Cooper Rush. Why rush him back? Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. I think I think you just hit the nail right on the head there. Like, There's no need for the Cowboys to rush him in any any way just because of how early on in the season it is. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Drew Brees had the same injury the, a year before Russ or two years before Russ with that, with that finger problem, with the broken finger. And 
that's the same thing. Bridgewater came, came in, in and was five and, and right? was, they were five and zero with with Bridgewater, right? And I think that's more like look. I wasn't. I was. I'm shocked, not because of how I, I. I always knew Cooper Rush is a more than capable capable backup. I'm just shocked at how the Cowboys coaching staff and the team as a whole is able to just like the defense is really taking that next step. Last year they were a very good unit. Now they might be one of the best units in the league. Like Micah Parsons is incredible. Diggs is so so good. They just feel like a complete unit that's able to steal games and. It just makes me wonder, like, if the defense is able to steal games now, like, having that fallback with Dak, like, you never know. Like, I'm not saying the Cowboys can go on this crazy run, but I feel like they could definitely surprise people um, despite having some glaring holes on on their roster. Like, they don't have no Tyron Smith, who Tyler Smith has been playing fantastic, that rookie that of Tulsa. I know people get, they got a lot of slack um, for taking him at 24th over 24th overall myself included but he looks like a complete another future superstar um on that left side jason peters played fantastic at guard yesterday just the cowboys played a very good game and they're surprising a lot of people and including their fans i think their fans like myself um are shocked at these at these two results the past two weeks I think every time you rip a Cowboys draft pick, he ends yeah, up being amazing. I know. Like the last two years, you were very, very upset on draft night. My, Micah Parsons, you were furious, not just upset. You I was, was furious because we drafted Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. I didn't know we were going to use Parsons. In my defense, I'm yeah, obviously he's, wrong. He's pretty much just an end rusher. Right? Point, I didn't yeah. know that we were going to use him that way. I just thought we were drafting another traditional linebacker. I was like, are you kidding me? I was already pissed because Horn and Sertain went before and we needed a corner. But hey, I'm happy. I'm wrong. I'm, I'd, I'll... If we could replay that, and Michael Parsons would would become the same player he is today, but I'd have to be wrong. I would love to be wrong. Hey, I'll take I'll take myself being wrong any day of the week. But what about those Dolphins, Pac? I was I had to contain myself for this Cowboys. I mean, you know, we had to start the show with it. It just happened Monday Night Football. I was urging, man, and and we talked about it last week. I was in the building on Sunday, Hard Rock Stadium. Miami always gets. You know, razzed on for having a bad crowd. That atmosphere was absolutely electric at Hard Rock on Sunday. And yeah, there were a lot of Bills fans, but that Miami crowd, especially when it was late in the game and Josh Allen was on our goal line and we were backs against the wall, that Miami crowd was electric. I've never, I mean, I know obviously it's different on TV, but so many times I'd, you know, watching these games, I look into the, to the crowd and there's just so many empty seats. The fans aren't on their feet. It was it, it was honestly a playoff atmosphere, and, and and when Miami had the ball too, it was pretty loud just with how loud Bills fans can be, but what a game I got to see live. Um, it was, a lot of people said a game of the season so far. I think so. And it was low scoring too, it just, it, it was such, such a good battle between two really, really strong teams, and the whole narrative, I mean, yes, Miami had a great start to the season, beating the Patriots pretty comfortably and then with the amazing comeback against the Ravens. But there were still doubters going into this game. Still people saying like, you know, it's only two games really against the Ravens. You know, Tua just had one good quarter. Let's see it against, you know, the best team in the NFL. This was the ultimate test, the ultimate statement. We go up against the Bills who looked unbeatable. I said it last week. It's going to be so hard to beat these guys. They look so good. Miami hadn't beaten the Bills in seven games. So they clearly have our number. Last year at Hard Rock, we lost 35 nothing. 
and you go out and you, you do that, and it was it was complimentary football that they played. Everyone made plays, offense, defense, and I'm, I know this is weird to say because of the butt punt, but the special teams was really good going up, going up <laughs> to that moment. I don't want to disrupt you, but that was the craziest thing. I, I thought, I was like, you know what, okay, maybe they're just going to like run it out, yeah, take a safety. But then when he kicked it, I saw it pop near, I'm like, they're going to get a touchdown yeah, off this, right? It was, it was crazy. I was sweating. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. There was... Like, I was flip-flopping back and forth. Are we going to win? Are we going to lose? We'll see. Oh, my gosh, the Bills are getting the ball back. After we made that stop, literally the whole crowd was celebrating as if there was a win. And then to pull it off in the end was just, it was really, really incredible. Um, I'm proud of this Dolphins team. I'm happy with what they've showed. Mike McDaniel, his first three games as head coach, he's had to face Bill Belichick, John Harbaugh, and Sean McDermott, and he's 3-0. So I think he's handled himself pretty well. You can't ask for a better start than this. Tua... When he went out, obviously it was scary. I, I actually didn't see that live. I saw the highlight on Twitter at halftime. Um, we'll see what happens with that whole investigation. Obviously Miami's claiming it's a back and ankle injury. I'm just glad he's okay. I'm glad he was able to come back into the game and, and rally the team forward. Um, the whole conversation now is who is the best team in the NFL? And I'll ask you this first because I have a very firm stance on this. But did this game change your mind at all? Obviously, the Dolphins are 3-0. and They're one of two undefeated teams. For you, who is the best team in the NFL right now? It's such a, that's such a tough question because it's hard for me to pinpoint one team as the quote-unquote best team in the NFL, right? And to go on to your point that you just mentioned, um, the Dolphins have been fantastic so far. And... Um, before I get into this, I just wanted to add a little bit onto what you just said. There was a lot of people that doubted the Dolphins. Obviously not you, because you're one of the more yeah, prolific Dolphins supporters, yes. right? I think yes. you deserve that title. But it's not necessarily a biased title. You 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 have been with this team. You deserve... You, you, you have a moment to believe you're allowed to believe, right? And they've succeeded... I even think your expectations at some point, yeah, right? Definitely. I didn't expect And your expectations were very reasonable, right? But myself, I was never I, I sat on the we both sat on this podcast and we both said that I think the division is closer than people think, right? Yeah. There was people that were touting the Bills as the best thing since sliced bread. Going back to who is the best team in the NFL, I think the best team right now, if we're talking Who's if we're talking pure form, I'm going to pick two teams in the conference. I still maybe give the Bills the edge over the Dolphins. I think it's very close, like we've been saying for weeks. Um, and obviously in the NFC, NFC, it pains me to say, but I think the best team in the NFC right now is probably Eagles, right? But it's so difficult just to like say, oh, that's the best team right now, just because we're still only three games in. Yeah. So I'd rather, I like to just in my personal sort of rankings that I keep in my brain, I sort of have like a bubble of teams that I think are potentially the best team. I, I saw the bills there, I have the dolphins there. I think the Ravens are fantastic. Um, I still like the chiefs. Chiefs are, they're not going to go. They were never going to go 17 and 0. you're going to lose your games. Um, I feel like people are a little overreacting just a little bit. Um, and then obviously you have the Eagles in there. I still think the Bucks are going to be there. Um, the Packers, 
still hard to count at the Packers. But I don't know what like what team do you think? Like if you if someone said to you you give getting me one team, like do you are you able to come up with one team? I, I was honestly I was sort of asking a rhetorical question because like it's September twenty seventh, it's week three. Like what are we doing here? The Dolphins beat the Bills at home. They looked great, it was a great game. But what are we doing here saying like, okay, the Dolphins are the definitively the team to beat in the NFL? You don't win the Super Bowl in no, September. In, in September, you know? exactly. Like if you replay that game over, you play that game ten times, I honestly believe the Dolphins win five, the Bills win five. That's how close it was. Yep. The Dolphins have to go into Buffalo in, in the end of December when it's going to be freezing cold. They're probably going to be seven-point underdogs in that game because it's a hard place to play, just like Miami is in September with how hot it is. So what is my main takeaway from this game? Obviously, I'm a huge Dolphins fan. Um, I believe in this team. I have since the beginning of the season. Like you said, we both agreed this division is closer than people say it was. Yes, I think Miami can win this division 100%. But at the same time, I'm not beating my chest saying, like, we're the definitive team to beat in the NFL. So what did Sunday really teach me? Taught me that, like, hey, we're right there. Absolutely. I thought we were just outside the bubble, knocking on the door to get in. I honestly believe we're inside the bubble because if you look at our body of work the last two weeks, beating the Ravens, scoring 40-plus points, two or six touchdowns, then this week... The Bills ran 60 offensive plays. We didn't even run half of that, yep. and we still won. still won. So we're efficient, and man, can we play that hard-nosed brand of defense where it's just bend but don't break and just shut you down when it counts. So I'll throw the Dolphins in there, and I don't think there's a— the only team I, I, I think you may have missed that I'm very high on, maybe two teams. One's one and two, so it's hard for me to say the Chargers are still there. Yeah, the Chargers, I think they'll yeah. get there. Little worried about coaching. And little worried about, about Herbert's injury ribs. luck too. Yeah. Like they just lost Slater. Like that they it's tough. Like it's tough to overcome injuries like that. But when you have a guy like Herbert, like you're able to overcome injuries like that, right? Yeah. And I'll I'll throw the Ravens in there too. Yeah. I, I, I think they've been awesome. And Lamar's yeah. Lamar for me is the MVP right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. If I if I had to bet on sort of the MVP, I would probably take Lamar as well. But look, you 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 pretty much hit on every point that you said there. Like this game taught a lot of people. I don't know if it taught us anything because we sort of were preaching that since the start of the season two of the show was that the Dolphins and the Bills are closer than a lot of people think. But I think it really showed everyone else that was more a, a little weary. Obviously, you're going to still have your haters. That's just a weird thing that very select few people have. And, and there's some weird clique around to a haters that will just obviously come out of the shadows whenever... Uh, you see success. But with that being said, I really do think that the Dolphins are here to stay. And I think they're showing a lot of people like, hey, like, don't forget about us, right? Because a lot of talk um, before the season was people saying, oh, the Chiefs this, the Bills this. And obviously the Bills are in their own division. And the hype around the Bills this offseason was like insurmountably high, right? So I'm sure um, Miami in that locker room took it a little bit personal, right? And said, hey, what about us? Like, why are nobody talking about us? So we're going to have to show them why they should have been talking about us. And I think they're really showing people through three weeks that they they deserve to be up there with some of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah, what's impressed me the most is just, it's not just, I talked about how they've won, but it's also the teams that they've beat. I said Bills, um, Ravens, and Patriots. And we got the Bengals on Thursday, which is another very, very hard test. They had a great bounce back game this Sunday against the Jets. So talk that's probably the hardest schedule in the NFL to start the season. Absolutely. Playing a bunch of teams that made the playoffs or were close to making the playoffs last year. 
So very, very, very impressive stuff from the Miami Dolphins. But like I said, it's a long season. Yep. If we look back to last year, after three weeks, the Panthers were 3-0. and The Broncos were 3-0. and Both those teams didn't make the playoffs. I believe the Bills start or the Patriots started one and four last year. Yeah. The Colts started one and three or one and four. Both those teams ended up going to the playoffs. Yes. Or the Colts had an awful collapse uh, yeah. in the last week. Right. But, they were, but they, were they were there. They were there a step away. So it's a long step. season. If, you know, 10 weeks from now, Miami's sitting at 500 because they didn't keep this level of play up. What was this good start good for? No. You got to keep your foot on that pedal. You got to keep going. And I think they've proven that they're they're one of the teams that can do that and that can compete down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. At least they have the potential to, right? Yeah. As long as everything pieces together. Like you said, it's hard when you get in the dog days of, of November and December, it becomes difficult to win, right? And, and um, I at least think the Dolphins have showed you that they're a team that will be competing come December, come January, um, or at least have the potential to, right? Another team, though, that uh, seems to be um, showing a little bit more than what people expected. And honestly, I think this this next segment is going to be deemed my ditching of the Cats oh, Panthers. Oh my god! <laughs> my, are you are my, you kidding me? My uh, uh, do- no no. I'll, I'll put the Panthers as my my second favorite child. My first favorite child is now the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's, it's kind of fitting that, you know, Cat, obviously, and now your two choices are like Cats, yeah, Jaguars. Family. I mean, you could have you could have gone with the Lions too, but those are my Lions. No, no, no I can't take I'll, I'm lines. going to the grave with my Lions because I know they're one and two, but they look awesome this <laughs> yeah, year. Do. Um, yeah, you're, ja- you're Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, what am I doing? Hey, um, they are my no, Jaguars. No, I be bet fair, on them every all every week. They you, should be three and zero. You had them, yeah. You have bet on them every week, and at the beginning of the season, you said if there's a team that's going to surprise this year, they're going to be the team to make the jump. And if we look back at what they did this off season, I think them giving Christian Kirk a boatload of money kind of just made everyone laugh at them. But we're forgetting what what else they did. They hired a very quarterback friendly coach and Doug mm-hmm. Peterson, and they have a generational talent who is what I'll, I'll say is in his rookie season right now because yeah. we can throw out everything we saw last year because that was probably the worst situation, the worst coach team in NFL history with Urban Meyer. So now Trevor Lawrence finally has some yeah. some decent, I'll say decent weapons. He has a young defense that's better than a lot of people think. Josh Allen is looking like an elite. You know, Pro Bowl type player. Trayvon Walker looks really good as well. So they have some players that can make plays on defense. And on offense, Christian Kirk, they gave him all that money. They're going to use him. And they're using him very, very well. Trevor Lawrence is making all the throws. They got a great one-two punch in the backfield. Your Jaguars are rolling right now. And they're a team that... Like we said last year, the Panthers were 3-0. and We were kind of like, eh, you know, are they really... You know, the Broncos were 3-0. What's different is the quarterback. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is looking like he's going to live up to the hype one day. Oh, yeah. Like, you're looking... Like, this is like the the sort of look at me, you forgot about me sort of type show. And Trevor Lawrence has been sensational. And and this Jacksonville team, they were... They are a fourth quarter sort of debacle, losing the lead 27-22 from being 3-0 and right now. Imagine the Jaguars were 3-0. and they're one of the only yeah. NFL teams that are three and zero, and they are. And they are. I know, obviously, you're not going to remember about how they lost. You just remember the win. But 
that game was winnable for them. And obviously you get the, you give them the pass because it was the first game of the year. But I am so, so impressed with what I've seen from the Jaguars so far. Like just genuinely impressed. And it, it's crazy to say because we're so used to the Jacksonville Jaguars being like some poverty franchise. You take away that sort of year in 2015 or 2016, whenever it was. But Trevor Lawrence... And I know we alluded to it a couple of shows before, or it might have been even been last show, is we were literally, we're like 365 days removed from calling this guy the best quarterback prospect since whatever, right? Like, oh, it's either Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning, right? Exactly. There's nobody else that has ever gotten them. Exactly, time. right? And and even dating back to his days before when he cl- when he committed at Clemson, like there was never a recruit. Obviously, now there has been, but at the time, there was never a recruit who's received such a high grade um, than than Trevor Lawrence, and he is showing everything that people have hoped he'd be this early on in his career and more. Right? Um, I like how you said this is his rookie year because it definitely it feels like his rookie year. Like you know what I mean? It feels like okay, he's finally got a fair chance. He doesn't have Urban Meyer. He doesn't have that like. Jacksonville was a disaster last year. I, don't, I I genuinely believe that you would put 30 of the 32 NFL quarterbacks, maybe maybe 28 of the 32, um, outside a select few, on that Jacksonville team, and they were disaster, the, yeah. the exact same disaster that they were last year. They were with any other quarterback outside of a select few. Adding to that, though, this week, I feel like this is the week that... It, it feels crazy to say because like they just destroyed the Chargers. But I feel like this week, Jacksonville's really going to show people you got to start talking about us a little more, right? Because they feel they still feel like an underdog. Like they still feel like a team that isn't getting talked about enough, right? I, maybe that's just the victim of their division being a little bit poor or, the, or just their sort of un... What's the word I'm looking here? Like people see Jacksonville and they're like, oh, we're not going to talk about Jacksonville just because it's the Jaguars. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're not used to putting the Jaguars up with, with more historic franchises just because it's just the natural bias that comes to Jaguars. They got the Eagles on the road this week. And right now they're sitting like, look at the, just look at the spread. They're sitting at seven and a half point underdogs. I know the Eagles have been flying, but so the Jaguars, right? Like they yeah. just put, they just beat the charge 31 to 10. I know, say what you want about injuries, Justin Herbert wasn't 100%, but 31 to 10 is no joke, right? Like Doug Peterson revenge game, too, against these Eagles. I don't know. I, I kind of like them in this spot. Like I don't know if they're going to win outright. The but Eagles like, are a great team, yeah. and they looked really good. And they're good at home, too. They're not going to go 17-0, like no, you said exactly. about the Chiefs earlier. And, and the Jaguars are a team that, like you said, they're surprising people. And it's just this, this spot where, to me, Trevor Lawrence... You know, I do my quarterback player rankings every week. I haven't fully sat down and, and crafted them together, but just I've been thinking about what my list is going to look like this week. It's hard to not put Trevor Lawrence in your top five, top seven range of quarterbacks this year. He's been that good. Fantastic. And it's not the Jaguars of last season where they said, all right, Trevor, we're going to tie your feet together and go stand in the pocket and play quarterback. That's He nope. is in a situation, and that, like you said, it's so, so weird to say about the Jaguars. He is truly in a situation right now that is, dare I say, quarterback friendly. Like, he's he's flourishing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, 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 right? Does it not feel weird that we're talking about the Jaguars like this? Because it's just like, we're like, I don't know. It just feels like it's just... You're just not used to talking about the Jaguars being like a 
quarterback friendly or like necessary or not a sort of NFL ready team to like make some noise. I'm not. I'm obviously we're gonna. I'm gonna pump the brakes here. I'm not saying that the Jaguars are gonna go on this glory run and 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 win the Super Bowl, but I think what we're seeing here is a strong core foundation being built. I will even go as far to say that the Jaguars and the Lions are sort of building the same thing. Like they're, they're, the core of those teams are are being built from the from the ground up. And they're yeah. both doing a great and, and fantastic job in those respective ways. I just think that if we're talking talent and, and overall upside, that I would almost lean the future of Jacksonville right now over the line, just because I feel like they have this, they have the, they have the quarterback, they have the head coach, they have the defense, their offensive line's good. Their receiving cores, like you mentioned, people gave him a boatload of crap about giving that contract to Christian Kirk. I get it, whatever. On paper, it was a horrific deal, but they're using him like that guy that they paid him for. Like the, yeah. the guy's getting targeted 15 times a game. And he's he's living up to that hype and living up to that potential. So you got you got to give them credit, right? And and this Jacksonville team is is going to. I know we said it before. I know I said it on this podcast. I said, look, you cannot count them out. You just can't. And they were plus a thousand to win this division just before the season. Now they're 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 pretty much going to be. I guarantee you. I'll check. The, we'll check after the show. They're going to be co favorites, if not right there. Guarantee. Yeah, it. like they're. I think the Colts still just might be slight favorites, but I I got them at like plus three twenty five. Yeah, and I got them at plus nine fifty for the year. The Colts, I think, like I I, I assume they're right around plus two hundred right now. The Colts got back in the win column with a huge huge win over the Chiefs, but this division I do think it's going to go down to the wire. Um, obviously you can't count out the Colts out just yet. They they haven't even got Jonathan Taylor going at all so yeah. far this season in terms of efficiency. So I think there there's still room for them to improve and to win some games. Even the Titans is you know I'm, I'm still weary on the Titans, but hey, you can't count them a, out. Picked though. up a big win against the Raiders. Derrick Henry looks good. So this is a division that I went into the season thinking like, you know, this is kind of boring. Mm-hmm. But now it's sort of the emergence of these Jaguars has yeah. become one of the more interesting divisions because I think there's a lot of intrigue in terms of who's going to win, and I think it could go down the stretch. But overall, very very impressed by the by the Jaguars and. Those listeners that didn't catch what what Cat just did, he had to compare them against my Lions and and put my Lions down <laughs> as if for whatever reason they don't have a bright future. I've said this before about the Detroit Lions, Motor City. You said, "Oh, the Jaguars have the head coach." How about Dan Campbell? Put some respect on Dan Campbell. And hey, it was just a friendly. I a friendly I, I, I didn't think you were gonna pick up on that, but you I did. did. I did. You did. The Lions are the team that when they get their quarterback, watch out because Goff looks good in this offense and this offensive line, you know, you get, you can do a whole podcast segment behind this offensive line. That's how much time you have and the holes that they open up in the run game. We got to get Ruben on the podcast to talk about the offensive line of the Lions. He would go for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) He'd talk for an hour. But as, as good as the Jaguars are, as good as the Lions are. So is that your new team now? My 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 new team, yeah, you're, yeah. You're like slowly trying to sell your stock. I no, no, the Panthers won. This no, the week. Panthers stink. <laughs> they're horrible. Yeah, maybe they maybe they're not that they good. They look like one of the worst teams <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, we got diamond hands. I'm gonna pull the diamond hands okay. with Pac. Maybe. Hey, they just gotta get more wins than they're over under. That's that's all it is. What was it again? Seven and a half. Six and a half. 
So they're gonna win seven games. They win seven games. They're one down. I think you're gonna be sweating week eighteen. Hey, you never know. I took them though. Baker, the god. It's funny how we just talked about the AFC South and how there's some great teams and how this is a fun division. And now we're gonna get into the AFC West, which uh, I called it the AFC best in a, in our yeah, in our did. preview show. Yeah. And I'm not overreacting by any means. I still think this is the best division in in the NFL. But 0 and four combined record this week. The Raiders are the only 0 and three team. They're in this division. The Chargers are somehow one and two. The Broncos are somehow second place. I I think the Broncos are the worst team in the NFL. I said this last <laughs> week. I can't stand watching the Denver Broncos. The worst team. So my flight back from Miami, we had to leave as soon as the game ended. We literally couldn't even celebrate in the stadium because we had to run to the airport. Oh, really? Yeah. So the flight landed back here in Toronto at like 9.30. So I, 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 by the time I got home, there was the whole fourth quarter left in, in that Broncos 49ers game. So unfortunately, I missed the legendary Jimmy G safety, but I saw the rest of the game. And boy, oh boy, what a sad week for Sunday Night Football. That was bad to watch. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Um, horrible. And, I'll, and, and you know I'll be watching the Broncos versus the Raiders this week because I'm making it my mission to tune into these Broncos every single week. Just so that I'm ready when people try and tell me that, you know, they have a good record and, and they look like a good team or whatever. I need to make sure I'm watching every snap. But tough week in the AFC West. Um, 0-4. I don't think we're concerned about the Chiefs or the Chargers. No. I mean, you, you talked about the injuries. Maybe the, the Chargers. Chargers a little bit, but I'm not pushing the panic button yet just because I feel like Herbert's able to overcome those injuries. And let's be honest, like, they should have beaten the Chiefs that week. Uh, yes. Thursday night football. Yes. Like, that game was they should be the two. And they should be 2-1. Yeah. Right? At that, but the, the Chiefs would be one and two with that, but yeah. we know how it is with the Chiefs. Yeah. You saw it last year. Yeah. They can be one and seven, and I'm still picking them to to make the playoffs because they're that good. I guess the conversation now becomes the other two teams: the zero and three Raiders and the two and one Broncos. Yeah. Last week we did the whole panic segment. The team you actually picked that you're the most worried on was the Raiders. The team I picked the was the Broncos. So we're gonna, I guess, sort of revisit here after another week of football. Who are you more concerned about, the Raiders or the Broncos? I know we did that. So we did that panic button, and I was I pushed the panic button on the on the Raiders. But before the show, I actually got my hammer, and I'm hammering. I'm hammering. I'm breaking. I'm gonna break the panic buttons. Broken. It's in, it's in traffic. For the Raiders. Yeah, it's, it's toast. Really? They're they're toast. Am I the only one that's not panicked? With no, the they're toast. They are toast. They're toast. They're they are. The only thing you could have done is, I, I'm going to put a metaphor here. I, I'm going to I'm going to paint a picture in your brains. So, let's say you got Usain Bolt right on the left lane, and Usain Bolt is the Chiefs. You got Andre de Grasse, this, the, can, this the track Cana- and field references. The, where, the, where do these come from? The Canadian legend is going to be the Chargers. Good, good. Not an all-time great. I think the Chiefs. You got Mahomes, right? That's that's the sort of depiction here. You got the Broncos and you got the Raiders. So I'm not going to name any track and field because I don't want to go out and, on a limb and start chirping track and field runners. So I'm just going to keep them as the Broncos and the Raiders. The Raiders right now, let's say, you know when you get that like five second, like when you all... You false start. Just say it's me whatever, racing right? against Andre. Okay, yeah. So, so let's say, let's say it's the Ra- the Raiders or Pac. So, Pac did too many false starts, so he had like he had to wait like a couple seconds after. So, Usain Bolt's got a three second head start. Andre DeGrasse got a three second head start, 
And then the guy's waiting. One, two, three. And then Pac goes. And it takes me way longer. If you didn't know, <laughs> it takes me a, a little bit longer to run 100 meters than right? it does Usain Bolt. So that's the Raiders and Andre DeGrasse and the and and Usain Bolt are the Chiefs and the Chargers. I know it's it, it, whatever. The Raiders are only a game back of the Chargers. But they are playing from behind. And the only thing you could have done to make your job worse in an already hard division was start 0-3. And so you talked about in that, in that analogy, perfectly put, by the way, you know, the Chiefs are here, the Chargers are here, the Raiders are here behind. The Broncos are at a different arena. Yeah, yeah. They're the at Bron- a different venue. No, the Broncos are there, but like they're, they're just like... They don't even those. know what time the race <laughs> starts, these guys. They're clueless. Yeah, yeah, they. If I need to see one more video of Russell Wilson after the game... Hyping up the, the playoff football, he goes, it's championship Why football. is he acting like they won 35 to 10 and all is fine? You th- What, 12 punts was it? Oh, it was brutal. I went to go watch, I, I went for wings. I went to All-Stars to go watch this game. And I, this is the worst game ever. We ended up leaving bad. after the, the second quarter. I went to go watch the rest of the game at my house. Oh, it's So yeah, I get it. The Raiders are 0-3. You're concerned. But when I look at the Raiders, they're the same team as they were last year. They're the exact same team. Just this time, the coins, you know, landing on the other side. Exactly. Because last year, if we look at them, they won four overtime games. It was a lot of Daniel Carlson heroics. And let's be honest. Yeah, they made the playoffs. Yeah, it was a nice story. They overcame so much adversity. Uh, Henry Ruggs, you know, getting arrested. Their, Their coach having to leave in the middle of the season. Derek Carr, phenomenal. Hats off to what he accomplished last year. But there was a lot, a lot of luck involved. And if you play that season over, they probably don't make the playoffs. No. This year, it's it's the same team. It's just the luck's not going their way. They're 0-3. have lost three close games. Yeah, I think they're going to win some games. I don't think they're going to finish you know, 4-13 and or whatever. No. If I were to sit today, who finishes with the better record... Obviously, I'd have longer odds, but I'd be more confident. And this is crazy because the Broncos are 2-1. and one. I think I'm more confident that the Raiders win more games than the Broncos. Wow. Look, I'm not going to hate you. I'm not going to fault you on that because I do think the Broncos suck. Like, I don't I, know. Like, they just don't feel like a team that's... But the only thing that the Broncos have going for them is it's tough to play in Denver. And I'll say this. Like, okay, I've been... And I I know I'm overly harsh. Like I know if a Broncos fan, you're not is overly this, harsh though. Like they, they're like this guy's an idiot. He's ripping us. He's way too hard. And for whatever reason, like I'm trying to be Paul. I just can't. I I can't stand this team. Sorry, but their defense <laughs> is really good, and it's keeping them in games. Yes, that too. The Texans game, the 49 even the Seahawks game, yeah. they're all close games yes. because of that defense. Yeah, but they can't score points, no. and they're lost offensively. And, and I don't get it. I, I I don't know how a team that is loaded with like let's be real here, like. They got Sutton, Judy, Russ, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. Like they should have the. They should probably have the best or a top three running game in the league up there with the Browns and the Lions in terms of that one-two punch, especially with that offensive line. And then that should open up some big, big deep ball throws in the play action game with Russell Wilson, who is a great deep ball thrower. Jerry Judy is supposed to be this great route runner. He can't seem to have. A consistent string of great weeks. Cortland Sutton's doing all right, but yeah. after that, it's just like, what is going on here? I don't know. It's like, obviously, he falls back on the coach, and I mean, as the segment's going on, maybe I'm, maybe I will. I don't know. I, I, I still want to stay. I still want to stay with the Raiders, just because maybe it's a little bit uh, of a pride thing with me, just because I was told by so many people, like, what are you doing? 
readers. Amazing. The, this, that. I was sick and tired of hearing this, this stuff about the Raiders. Look, like Pac just said, how many games did the Raiders win last year off of walk-off field goals? Yeah. It was like six, right? Literally six games. That's just, it's just not sustainable. They're coin flips, right? You, you replay that season a hundred times over. The Raiders probably go to the Super Bowl 25, uh, Super Bowl, go to the playoffs 20, 25 times, right? Like, it's just not, it's not sustainable. The way they made the playoffs last year, it was not sustainable. And I know they hypothetically on paper improved their roster this year. They got Channel Jones, they got Devontae Adams. But look, the downfall of this team is that they got a little bit more hyped up Kirk Cousins at quarterback, who overcame a lot last year. He's a fantastic locker room guy, but he's not a quarterback that's going to take you over the hump. And let's face it, Josh McDaniels is a terrible head coach too, <laughs> right? He's horrible. he's horrible. Like they okay, we tried to, we tried to do the or like we gave him the benefit of the doubt. He tried to go with Denver before and like okay, maybe he's with Bill Belichick. He'll learn again. He's just the same head coach that he was in Denver, right? The Belichick tree is just, just down bad. More and more people are, I think, are going to get scared off from from this coach. How don't you not though? Like like look what he's produced, right? Like. And now it's starting to think like maybe Bill just doesn't tell anyone nothing. Like, yeah, I know he does. Like in the coaches meeting, it's like just him. Like, everyone else meets by himself because it son. doesn't make any sense. It's like how do you working with the best ever do it and not like be able to like replicate it even in the slightest? Like his coach that he produces like seem lost, seem genuinely lost. Like Joe Judge was lost. Like I was the most lost coach I've ever seen. And now Josh McDaniels. Like I don't get it. I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm sure Bill will hire McDaniels back. And then he'll be the but best he'll, of He'll it. be the defensive coordinator <laughs> yeah. there instead of like Matt, Matt Patricia, Patricia. Just all of a sudden, the offensive genius that is Matt Patricia calling plays for the Patriots. Surprised we didn't, we didn't uh, talk any about the Patriots, but you know, obviously the Mac Jones in, injury, tough to see that for, for a good young quarterback. But man, yeah, that uh, Bill Belichick coaching tree is not looking too good. Um, so we just talked all about these two teams. I don't know if I said this at the top of the segment. Raiders versus Broncos play this week. Oh, I can't wait. That's a, that's a game of the week, then. It's game of the week. I, I'm going to be... Maybe we'll, get the, maybe we'll make the edits for that for this week. Yeah? Is it? A, no, it's not Sunday night. No, we no, play Sunday night this week. The Bucks and the Chiefs. Oh, that's right. That's a good game. So, yeah, we'll see. Raiders versus Broncos this week. You know I'm riding with the Raiders. The toilet guess, ball. I the guess toilet you're going to... Yeah, the, the two... The toilet no, ball, I'm, riding the with, I'm, riding with the, I'm riding with the Broncos. I want the Raiders right. to go on four. No, no, I'm all in on this Raiders team. <laughs> All right, to close the show, as we introduced last week, our new segment brought to you by our friends over at BetStamp. If you haven't already, make sure to go download that BetStamp app because me and Kat experienced it first time last week. Um, it saves you. Oh, yeah. Like, you would have been sitting at 0-2 if it weren't for the BetStamp app, and I would be sitting at 1-1 with my picks. But uh, on last week's edition of The Hammer... <laughs> And it's only a. You can only see right now if you're if you're watching this video podcast. But Pac's got a mean looking hammer right now. The hammer brought to you by Betstamp. I am two and zero on the season, riding high, and I even picked my Dolphins against the spread against the Bills. And because the uh, trends, you're right. That's it. Um, and you are sitting at one and one. You one got and saved one. by that. You had the Texans at yeah. plus three and a half. They only lost by. And three. it was at plus two and a half everywhere else. So that was a Betstamp save. That was a Betstamp save. So I think we got to track. 
three things on this segment. My record, your record, and, and bet stamp saves. So I'm 2-0, and you're 1-1, and and there's been two bet stamp saves so far on the year. So make sure you go and download that app. Use our code when you... Uh, yeah, CTB. When, yeah, use code CTB when you sign up. Last week, you had first pick. We're going to swap it around this week. Yep. I will be first on the clock. Um, and this one is an easy one. My... There's too many teams that I say my, so I'm, I'm just going to ditch that. But the Kansas City Chiefs last week, <laughs> upset by the Indianapolis Colts. Mahomes never loses in September. He finally did. I love the Chiefs in a bounce-back spot. They play against the Bucks this week in Sunday Night Football. Could be, well, it is another revenge game, but it also could be played at a neutral site just because of the hurricane that could hit Florida, if yeah. anyone's listening from Florida. Hope you guys are all good. Um could be moved outside of Tampa because of the weather. I love the Chiefs. They still got that Super Bowl loss on their mind. This is the first time playing the Bucks since then. On bet stamp, you can get them at minus one and a half on pro line. Like I said, I like them to bounce back. So you got to hammer that. I got the Chiefs. Hey, watch that helmet, eh? <laughs> Don't worry. Can it down with the hammer? But like Park just said, a lot of bet stamp saves. I'm hoping for a bet stamp save, maybe one, maybe one or two. I, I would love two bet stamp saves, make me go two and zero this week. But I'm going to start my first pick. I'm rolling with the Vikings here, and the line right now is two and a half everywhere else, but minus one and a half are pro line plus. And look, it's just a pure value bet here, right? And Kirk Cousins, the king of one o'clock games. Might even be a bigger king at 9.30 because not many people are going to be watching, right? There's going to be people who are still asleep, hungover from the Saturday night before, so the ratings could be low, meaning that Kirk Cousins is going to shine. Is that, when there's is not that, the that many eyes. The earlier he plays in the day, the better I don't know. That's just not, I maybe just made up in my head, but it's true. Kirk Cousins' prime time, 8.30, worst quarterback in the league. 1 o'clock, might be Tom Brady. I want 9.30, he might be Uncle Rico maybe at 9.30. I don't know, but I'm taking the Vikings... Minus one and a half at ProLine Plus. Like I said, the Vikings line is minus three at some books, like points, but and DraftKings, while minus two and a half at everywhere else. So check that bet stamp app. You can see that you get a point for free uh, at ProLine Plus here. So I'm going to the Vikings minus one and a half as my first play. Yeah, I'm a little torn with my last one. Last week, you made it easy for me by, by uh, taking some of my picks. But, uh, but this week, you know, with that first pick... I have some options here, um, but we just spent a big segment talking about the Broncos and the Raiders. Last week, I took the Dolphins and the Bills because I knew how invested in that game I was going to be. I'm going to be all over this game this week. Give me the Raiders, <laughs> all right? The 0-3 Raiders. They're at home. They got to win this game. This is must win. They can get within a game of the Broncos. Keep your season alive at 1-3. It's still possible to make the playoffs in the AFC. We've seen it before. I'm hammering them. <laughs> They're minus one and a half on FanDuel, which is just great value at yeah. home. Um, I like them in this spot. They're minus three on some other books. So give me the Raiders. I'm more concerned about the Broncos. I need to live and die by my takes. Yeah, I that's, respect that's my that. Pick. I respect that, Pac. I, my second pick here, I'm just a value man here. I'm just spitting a value. Well, I mean, that stamp app is giving me value, but... I'm just taking that value and running with it. And it's the Pro-Line Plus show, actually. So I'm going with the Ravens, plus five and a half. Five and a half. You heard that right. It's actually 
minus three and a, a plus three and a half, I should say. Correct myself. But yeah, Proline Plus taking the show over here. This game is plus three and a half at literally every single possible sports book that you can find. If you find another sports book that has it at plus four and a half, plus five and a half, you, you won't. You won't. It's just Proline Plus. That's why you got to take the two points for free. You're taking two points for free. Ravens plus five and a half at home against the Bills. They could even lose the game, but give me the field goal. Give me the field goal and more. Maybe there's a maybe there's a Jimmy Garoppolo safety mixed in yeah. there to, to mix it with five points. But I'm gonna lock in the Ravens plus five and a half. I'm gonna get this hammer. Might break the helmet, maybe. But Don't when I come when I come back, it's gonna be two and zero. Oh. Guarantee it. I'm locking it in. Another thing you could lock. If you want to see my fantastic picks. You want to watch the best better in action if you want to mortgage homes and just flip houses and and, and and just be a estate owner, right? Like, follow me on, on, on the Betstamp app. You can see me in the marketplace. My picks are hot right now. I'm about, I think, 11 and, and 7. I'm plus 4 units right now. I just went 2-0 and last night. CD Lamb, God, under, hit. If you want to just, just, even just eye test me, you don't even have to bet. I'm not even asking you to bet. If you want to watch me, Sometimes I know there's going to be people out there that are hoping that I lose money, right? Because they know that I'm mortgaging my homes. But my picks are a lock to go 2-0 and this week. Pox or locks are, are going to go 0-2. I'm, I'm literally 2-0 and for the season, and you're not. So Hey, it's got a flip-flop, right? Yeah, so we'll see. We're hoping for bet stamp saves this week. And we just showed you the value that this, this app shows you, uh, bet stamp. So check it out if you haven't already. Uh, download the Betstamp app. You can see it on the Apple Store, Google Play, whatever whatever device you're using. It's available for you. You can even check it online. Um, Betstamp app. Uh, use code CTB when you sign up. And yeah, just download it and, and just check it out. Like you, it's honestly a very very cool app, and you'd be surprised with with how much money you would make and save just by simply line shopping. Like we showed you here, like the Ravens plus five and a half at ProLine Plus, it's literally plus three, and that's two free points. You got the Vikings at minus one and a half at ProLine Plus, it's minus two and a half anywhere else. Like you're really, it shows you the smart way to bet and um, stop getting taken advantage by those sports books for those, for those of you out there. Um, make sure you're being smart with your money. And I know I just, <laughs> I just said mortgage homes, now I'm talking about smart with money, but it's true. Download the Betstamp app, use code CTB, and you'd really, really benefit just by line shopping. You have no idea. Yeah, very well said from you. Hopefully, it's another 2-0 week for me. If it's the Broncos that are the reason why it's not, uh, I'm not going to be too impressed. And, you know, hopefully, you can have better luck and, and, and join me at, at the top because we're going to be competing all year. But that's going to do it for today's show, guys. If you made it to the end, thank you for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Rate us, download us. I don't know what you do if you're yeah, on Yeah, rate other- us, download whatever it is on audio. We're still new on the audio <laughs> podcast here, so... If we're doing a good job, you know, drop a rating. Say, say, cats a moron, Foxy genius. That's if you it. want to do, or vice versa. Probably not that way, but uh, anyways. <laughs> um, thanks, guys, for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. See you guys Tuesday, baby.